really jive with this anymore. Because <laughs> I'm 21 and I'm having the health issues of like a 65 year old. So like, this doesn't make any sense. You're listening to Out of the Woods, a podcast that showcases stories from people who once strongly believed in something. Maybe it was a religion, an ideology, even a community. And ultimately they decided to leave because it was kind of cultish. In this episode, we are hearing from Megan Ann. Megan is a YouTuber who recently, back in August 2020, went kind of viral after uploading a video titled My 315 Pound Life and Why the Fat Acceptance Movement Kinda Sucks. I actually found this video and I watched it. I was really interested in her story and I reached out to her and asked her to be on the podcast and I'm grateful that she said yes. So in this episode, she talks about her experience getting involved with the fat acceptance movement, um, how it impacted her, and then why she decided to eventually leave and make some serious changes to her life, including pursuing weight loss surgery. When we started recording, she had recently uploaded a video titled The Amberlynn Reed Community and Why I Stopped Watching. So I thought this was really interesting and I was excited to hear more about it um, because it sort of sounded to me like another cultish experience. For those of you who may not know who Amberlynn Reed is, basically she is a controversial YouTuber about whom there are many, many channels and videos dedicated to commenting on her behavior and her person and her history. She initially started her YouTube channel with the intention of documenting her weight loss journey, but actually um, in the in the process, she has gained quite a lot of weight and she now is, I believe Megan said, about 600 pounds. So there is this whole community dedicated to responding to her videos. And You can imagine that the videos tend to not be very nice. So Megan talks about how in the process of leaving fat acceptance and deciding to pursue weight loss, she ended up kind of through the YouTube algorithm getting involved in the Amberlynn Reed community. Anyway, I'll stop there and I will let you hear Megan's story and I hope that you enjoy it as much as I did. So you said that your involvement with fat acceptance, you said it was like as a believer rather than an activist, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So uh, can you tell me when you first discovered it and started believing? Yeah, so I was like, I was like 16 or 17. I I, I was like late high school years. Um, And I discovered Tess Holliday. And... um, for the first time I had seen like a person in the public eye doing like modely things uh that looked like me and and had the same body type as me and um through her and I was like fully into her I was like I'm here for it cool and through her I found a bunch of other fat acceptance uh people uh, and I didn't even really know at that time that it was called the like fat acceptance movement. I was just right. like, oh, a bunch of people that look like me wearing cute clothes. Cool. 
Um, because I had always been into fashion my whole life too. And I mean, I'm wearing like this dumpy sweatshirt right now, but, (laughs) but, but like I have, and, and so seeing like fat girls, which I use the term fat unapologetically, I don't care. Like I still call myself fat because I'm still like 200 pounds. (laughs) So like, whatever. Um, and seeing other fat girls, like wearing cute clothes that weren't like stereotypical like JC Penny plus size section clothes was huge for me. And so I just was fully into this thing and I saw it on Instagram cuz Instagram was very young at that time. And I I just and and then as time went on they started preaching more like fat acceptance rhetoric and stuff. And I kind of just got like, like, suckered into it, I guess. And, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think it was just me thinking it was cool seeing a bunch of girls who looked like me wearing and promoting cute clothes and being themselves and being so unapologetic about their bodies, which is great. I still think that's great. Mm-hmm. Um. But then it was when they started um, preaching just like the different things that the fat acceptance movement preaches that I really started to think like a fat acceptance like person. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah. So it was like when I was like 16, 17 ish. I think it got worse when I got into college, though, because that's when social media like really picked up. So when I was like 18 or 19. Um, and I'm 24 now, so this was like five, six years ago. Um, but yeah, so that would be when it started, I guess, Mm -hmm. was then. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So you said, uh, that you, you said like the fat acceptance things that, that they preach. Um, do you want to talk about like what those are? Sure. So like the biggest one that I remember and the one that I remember subscribing to the most was that uh society hated me as a fat person like as a fat person society was just inherently against me Mm. and um that was the big one (laughs) for me anyways Mm -hmm. and then for and like the whole fat phobic thing which I do agree to certain to a certain extent um but not to the extent that they push it to mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but um and then also the one that I remember the most as well was the thing about doctors and doctors being fat phobic because like they commented on your weight <laughs> and when like that's that's their 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 job uh now I see it as that, but young Megan was like, oh, wow, like, wow, wow, so, like, woke, wow, and, but really, it's, like, the dumbest thing, uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, for me, those were, like, the two things, where, like, society being against you as a fat person, and then fat people being treated unfairly by doctors, which I do think, to an extent, is a thing, again, but they make it seem, like, all doctors hate fat people because they weigh you at your doctor's appointment. And, and like, 
<laughs> so yeah, those were the two that I remembered. Um, yeah, those were the two that I really kind of subscribed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, there's stuff about like clothes and like straight sizing and plus sizing and uh, the upcharging of plus size clothes that like is it like the fat tax is what it's referred to a lot in that whole realm. Um, when I do think that specialty sizes are overpriced, but I do think they need to be priced more just because I know that it costs more to make them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think they overprice, they upcharge too much, but I think it makes sense that it is upcharged. Um, but yeah, I, I think the first, the, the main two were the societal and the doctor thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things that they talk about in that. <laughs> yeah. Like, like they just veer down so many different paths and it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you're making this too confusing. And yeah. like what do you mean by that you're you're making it too confusing? Like how? Like they just find they find an issue in everything. Everything. Like like they're I don't like accusing people of being too sensitive because having emotions is an okay thing, but like they're almost too sensitive about a lot of different things. Mm. And like like Virgie Tovar is one that like pops into my head with her like fat phobic cake related incident bullshit and it's like like it's when somebody asks sorry I curse a lot so if no you that's fine stop, yeah I can. okay <laughs> yeah um like there's she made this whole video about how people asking for a smaller slice of cake in a workspace is fat phobic oh this yes I actually am aware of this and I'm like what if they just want a small piece of cake like I, it's not a bad thing like <laughs> right right like right. for me I'm like okay I have seven eighths of my stomach cut off I'm gonna ask for a smaller piece of cake because a big piece mm. of cake will make me sick like I'm not yeah. being fat phobic I'm just looking out for my overall like well-being yeah and, and it's just little things like that like that's the one that sticks out in my brain the most mm. um but I just feel like they make it very confusing about like what's okay and what's not um because I mean fat acceptance they like to think is there is linked to body positivity and they're almost like the same thing um and for me asking for a smaller piece of cake is a body positive thing to do like if it makes you feel better and so I just think there's a lot of hypocrisy and confusion in this fat acceptance movement uh, based on, oh, I can do this because I'm fat, but you can't do it because you're skinny, like that kind of thing. And I I, I just think it gets really confusing. And yeah. I'm even confusing myself trying to talk about it because there's just so many different like avenues that yeah. they try and go down. And it's very weird and it's very hard to grasp a lot of times do you feel like do you feel like also um well actually first of all did you feel confused when you were in it or is it more like in retrospect in retrospect 
Okay. While I was in it, I was I I didn't totally agree with everything that they would say. Um, but I also just was able to kind of like read it and then move on. Um, but now I think I've just been, especially since I made my video and stuff, like I think I'm just trying to make more sense of it. Um, and it's really hard to do. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because they just talk about so many different avenues and so right. many different things when like fat acceptance to me is just like not being treated differently because you're fat, but they try and make it about so many different things. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm wondering like when you were involved with it or like, you know, following this and kind of, I guess, like being influenced by it. Um, mm -hmm. How did it influence you? Like, how did it affect your relationship to like your body or food or health and all of that? Yeah. So with my body, honestly, I do think it made me feel better about my body because mm -hmm. it just, I think it just kind of came naturally because I was seeing, like I said, all these girls just like not giving a fuck about like what they looked like and just doing what they wanted. And that was cool to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But with food, it, messed up my relationship to food so bad because oh, wow. because they and I know that some of this was me too it wasn't just because of this like yeah. because I got a lot of that criticism on my video like oh you're just too much of like a follower and whatever when that could like not be further from the truth <laughs> mm -hmm. um but I think for with food they always preach this is another thing that feeding your body what it's craving is like an act of self-care mm. and um and that just as long as you're happy that's all that matters and so young Megan took that as like oh I'm craving pizza so I'm just gonna get pizza and like indulge myself in this pizza and um it really just made me stop caring about what I was putting into my mouth <laughs> And, um, and I think that really did not help my diet at all. Um, and obviously I still, I come from a line of emotional eaters. And so that just kind of like perpetuated that. I feel like, like I already had issues with food and, and an unhealthy relationship with food mm -hmm. and then getting into this made it even worse. Because they're like, oh, it's great. Keep doing what you're doing. Like, mm -hmm. fat people rule kind of a thing. And, uh, yeah. So I I think it didn't start my unhealthy relationship with food, but it definitely egged it on more. <laughs> right, right. It and, kind of, like, enabled it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and, uh, and like I said, part of that was just me. It yeah. wasn't just because of these people, but it didn't help anything for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you feel like it influenced other parts of your life or even like your worldview in general? Oh, yeah. I talked about that in my video. Like, I I feel like it kind of did a number on my mental health because they talk a lot about how society is just inherently against you because you're a fat person right which do I think fat people are 
unfairly treated in society? Absolutely. Like, I for sure think that's a thing because I've lived both sides of the coin. And um, now that I'm like more normal sized, mm-hmm. uh, whatever that means. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I do think that's a thing. But I think that they perpetuate it so far that like it almost made me just like very cynical in that like I was making these obstacles for myself because I was a fat person because I was like being told all the time that like society hated me (laughs) when I don't really think it's truly as bad as they say it is Um, yeah because they make it they just blow it out of proportion like they say they take the unfairness that is there but then they just blow it out of proportion and I think that kind of did a number on my mental health kind of viewing the world that way yeah Yeah. dating too um dating like yeah like I I wasn't really interested in dating in high school in college either really like I didn't have my first boyfriend until I was 21 and in my senior year of college just because I could I just couldn't be asked I didn't care um but I also think in hindsight a lot of it had to do with self-confidence on my end but then also I had this like mindset that oh boys just weren't attracted to me Mm. like that's because I was like I had this mindset too of um the world hated me because I was fat I feel like it kind of fed in I feel like they kind of fed into each other and so I just like didn't make an effort with boys ever because I just like even if I really wanted to I don't think I would have because I just thought I was just immediately going to get shut down so I just didn't do it yeah and like, I remember when I joined Tinder for the first time, which in a small town is not a good idea. I don't recommend doing that. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, uh, like, my, my hometown is like 30,000 people when university is in session. It's 20,000 when it's not. So it's oh, very wow. small. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but when I first joined Tinder, I was terrified. Like, I was terrified because I just, I just went into it thinking I was just going to get shut down all the time. And uh, and I really didn't. But I also think I didn't allow a lot of things to happen because I was afraid I was going to get shut down. And I think it all just kind of ties back to the whole society hates you as a fat person thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's really interesting because there's like this sort of, I don't know if like, it's like a paradox. I don't know. Where it's like on the one hand, they're it sounds, you know, they're preaching like um the the deck is stacked against you. Like the world hates you as a fat person. And yet, love yourself. Like, you know, you're you're great. Like you can eat whatever and you're beautiful and the world like so it's like how do you reconcile it's like a double think in a way. I don't know. Yes. I don't know. No. And that is very true and I think that's the perfect way of describing why it's confusing. Because that is like, that's exactly how it is. And it's, it's extremely confusing. And as a young person in it, it was extremely confusing. <laughs> yeah. 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 
like, oh, society hates you as a fat person, but oh, men shouldn't not like you because you're fat. Like, it's so, I don't know. Yeah, it's very confusing. I don't, I don't understand it. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's mixed messages. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm what was the fat acceptance community kind of like, I guess that you were a part of, I mean, you mentioned Virgie Tovar. So I feel like my experience may be similar to your starting to the answer, yeah. but what was the um kind of view of weight loss? Like this was also like an <laughs> anti-diet. Um... <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, anti-diet, anti-health food, anti-caring about your health at all like (laughs) because uh yeah so like I follow and I think okay so I followed glitter and lasers as well and now she's actually losing weight because she got diagnosed with lipedema and I I enjoy her content way more now because I feel like she's being more authentically herself but back when I was following her to begin with she was very like fat people could work out just like athletic people and like diets aren't cool and like all this stuff and that was very much what I was seeing was anti-diet anti like weight loss any of that (laughs) and um and I think that's why I just kind of stopped thinking about weight loss for a solid like two or three years of my life was because this was just like in my face all the time and they were making it seem like it was okay yeah and yeah that's very much what I saw I also still see a lot and I saw a lot of that fat people are just as capable as like athletic people in terms of like working out and stuff which I think is a very bad thing to be preaching because that's just gonna cause someone to injure themselves like Mm. um yeah and it's also gonna make people feel bad about themselves when they actually go to the gym and try and do these things and they just physically can't so yeah but the big things I saw were the the anti-diet culture yeah diet culture thing yeah right what was like the turning point for you when you realized this isn't working? Um, so, well, at this point, when I like discovered everything, I was already pre-diabetic, but for some reason I just didn't give a fuck about that. At the age of 16, I was diagnosed with pre-diabetes. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and my parents tried to like do things to help me with that. I just didn't want to. So like, I don't blame my parents for any of this at all. Um, yeah, but I, I get that question a lot. So that's why I just wanted to like put that in here. <laughs> yeah. Like, where are your parents? And I'm like, very clearly there. I just was not listening. <laughs> right. Um, um, but for me, I just, I had like a physical and I got some, and I was 21 mm-hmm. at this point. Um, I had a physical, I got some routine blood work done. And it came back and my liver enzymes were like all funky. And I, and the letter said that if I kept going how I was going, I was going to develop fatty liver disease. And 
for some reason, that's what did it. <laughs> mm. And and also at that point, too, I was already starting to feel really um, down about my weight and my appearance, which it was the first time in my life that I had kind of ever felt that way. I think in hindsight, I always kind of felt that way. But that at that point was when I was really starting to allow myself to feel that way instead yeah. of just like smiling through it. Right. Um, and so when I got that letter, I was like, all right, Megan, like your grandma has fatty liver, like for, because of obesity, like that. And it runs in your family. I don't want the liver of an alcoholic when I'm not an alcoholic. Um, and for some reason, the liver thing is what did it for me. And I was also just struggling to exist, <laughs> uh, to like move and stuff. Yeah. Um, and so that was when I kind of had to like reevaluate everything. And I kind of sat down and I remember thinking in my bed, like, Megan, what's the one thing that like makes you the most unhappy about your life? And can you change it? And the answer was my weight. And the answer was yes. And so that was when I was like, okay, screw everything else. Like, do what you need to do. And I had already tried so many like diets and like weight loss things and by myself. And so for me, I knew that medical intervention was probably the best decision. Yeah. And so that's when I, I even just, I just like told my parents, like I, I kind of asked for their opinions, but I also just kind of like told them like, hey, I want to join a bariatric clinic and see about getting surgery. <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah, it was really odd because I don't, I mean, I was like, I felt kind of bad that I was like changing all of this stuff, but something like just kicked in at the same time that just didn't care and knew I had to do what I had to do. And so, yeah that was the string of events that caused me to kind of realize like this isn't I don't really jive with this anymore <laughs> yeah yeah because I'm 21 and I'm having the health issues of like a 65 year old so like right. this doesn't make any sense yeah so did yeah. you feel like um you know your involvement with fat acceptance like gave you any sense of doubt in losing weight when you realized that? Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of it, um, I think it made me doubt how I felt about myself, if that makes sense, because they were so, um, against like diets and diet culture and stuff. And I kind of, it made me feel like, I was going to be like almost harming myself or like looking down on myself for wanting to get healthy and wanting to do that kind of stuff uh, because I knew it was going to be hard and I knew I wasn't going to be happy all the time. When in hindsight, I wasn't happy all the time as a fat person either, just eating whatever she wanted. So like, yeah, I don't think it, made me doubt my ability to lose weight I just think it made me doubt how I felt about myself if I chose to go down that road and then when all of this happened 
that just went away and I was like I have to do what I have to do to be healthy because my life hasn't even started yet and I need to get it under control before it does (laughs) yeah so yeah 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 that was like a major wake-up call that was the big thing was like um I was in my June I think I yeah I was in my junior year of college I was in my second semester of my junior year of college and I was like Megan you haven't even like moved away from home and like started all of this and like started a life yet and like you're already hindering it so much (laughs) right and 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 that became my new goal was I wanted to get most of the weight off before I moved because I knew I wanted to move away from home and so I wanted to make it as easy as I possibly could for myself by losing weight and so that was that became the big focus um because I was already struggling to move (laughs) and to just like walk around campus which my campus is not was not big at all and um yeah so that was when I kind of was just like, I don't care anymore. I need to do what's best for me. So all of the fat acceptance kind of influence, like cultural influence that you were taking in, this was, was this all online? Was there anything like in real life, like stuff on campus? No. No, it was all online. 100% like Instagram and YouTube. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. Did you have yeah. like friends that were involved in it or was it just you? It was just me. And I think the reason that I fed so hard into it was because I was the biggest out of all of my friends and a lot of Mm. my friends were like athletic types or just like naturally tiny and so I I loved my friends and we all like loved each other but for me there was always just like this weird kind of like unrelatability to them because I was like the fat friend and so yeah and I still am, to be completely honest, but, like, less so. Uh, <laughs> and so I found, like, some sort of comfort in these people online. And I think that's also why I fed so hard into it, too. Because I didn't really have girlfriends to relate to. So, right. yeah. And, and, and when you're young, that's huge. Like, you need that. Totally. So, and I just, I didn't really have it on that in that realm so Mm -hmm. I turned to the internet yeah yeah did you feel at all that like your involvement in fat acceptance like influenced your friendships like was there any like ever like political discord that happened between you two or were you kind of um not really because I don't think my friends really gave a shit about my size so like that was right. the nice part like I just don't we didn't care about that <laughs> like, yeah and we still right. don't um and I think they were concerned about me health wise mm. um but I don't it didn't like affect our friendship at all um 
if anything, it affected our friendship on my end because I could feel the judgment of some of their parents. Oh. Um, and so that just made me kind of uncomfortable. And it's really only like one set of parents that I'm thinking about right now, but yeah. like, but she's like my best friend. And, uh, and so I could just feel that judgment sometimes, um, or a lot of times, uh, especially when I started going through all this stuff with my chronic illness in high school, because I was missing a lot of school. That's a whole other story, but I was missing a lot of school because of it, because I was getting diagnosed with it and all this stuff that I felt like poop. And I knew that all of them thought that I just needed to lose weight and I'd be fine. Yeah. Because uh, I think one of them actually told my mom that once. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah, I think. If I'm remembering correctly, they said something along those lines. And uh, so that kind of made me feel uncomfortable. But not really with my friends, but with their parents. But my friend group was really close that, like, all of us and all of their parents, all of our parents were close, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, that uh kind of affected that relation those relationships but my friends didn't really care about my weight and uh they I think they were just more concerned about my health so yeah the fat acceptance thing didn't really affect it too much yeah yeah makes sense not that I can remember anyways I don't really mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah I feel like I would remember so <laughs> yeah 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 so okay so now we're at the point where like you have decided to move forward with weight loss surgery mm-hmm. um do you want to talk about that experience or actually scratch that question this is the question I ask okay so now <laughs> that you're at the point where you uh you know decided to go forward with weight loss surgery um did you start like unsubscribing from these accounts like how did you what did how did that work Honestly, I stayed subscribed to a lot of them for a while. Um, I think it was like after I finally had my surgery that I started to unsubscribe from a lot of them because I just didn't agree with them anymore. Yeah. Um, because at that point I had lost like 50 or 60 pounds. And so I was like, and, fe- and I was feeling a lot better. Mm. And I was like, okay, I don't agree with this anymore. Um, I... Yeah, I I still kind of stayed involved for a while, but not too long after I actually had surgery because mm-hmm. I just didn't agree with it anymore. And I just didn't feel like following something that I didn't agree with. <laughs> right, right. Totally. Yeah. 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 So what was the process like of, if you want to talk about it, like, you know, weight loss surgery and then like losing weight I mean oh yeah that's like such a radical shift for you right yeah (laughs) yeah so I'm I'm definitely one of those people that whenever I decide to do anything regardless of what it is I will research it to death um Mm. if it's like buying like a really expensive thing or like traveling somewhere I will research it till I can't research it anymore and so I kind of already knew like what it was going to entail. Um, And yeah, so what I had to do, because I was fortunate enough to have insurance, which I emphasize all the time when I talk about it, because I was fortunate enough to have that privilege of having health insurance. Um, In order for it to be 
covered by my health insurance. I had to go through a six month weight management program uh, through a bariatric clinic and it, cause it had to be documented for health insurance to see it. Yeah. And, um, and so I started there and I already knew I was going in it with the intention of having surgery. So that kind of cut out a lot of, uh, I feel like, I think it might've cut out a lot of appointments, like to decide mm-hmm. what the best route for me was. Um, because I just went in and I was like, I want to have bariatric surgery. <laughs> Um, and so, uh, my doctor started me right away on that process. And the goal was to lose 10% of my body weight before I had surgery, um, to get signed off for surgery. And they were very serious about that because as I moved along, my PA told me that, um, they actually had to push somebody, a patient's surgery back because he had gained a lot of the weight that he had lost back so they were very serious about that and um wow so I was going through this weight management program uh Liz I was on Weight Watchers that whole time because I liked that it just gave me one number to focus on instead of like a bunch of like calories and macronutrients and all that kind of stuff yeah um and while I was doing that I was also getting all of the things I needed to get done done in order to have weight loss surgery so like tests and all that kind of stuff um before I had surgery I lost about 40 pounds um and I only needed to lose 30 but I just lost 40 um because I took it very seriously (laughs) yeah uh and um yeah so I lost about 40 pounds my highest weight I remember being was 315 pounds but my starting weight at the clinic was 309 so I don't really know what that was about but mm-hmm. um I always just say my highest weight was 315 pounds um yeah and then I had because I mean it's like a poop difference so like it really <laughs> doesn't like matter <laughs> how tall are you how tall am I yeah I'm is that five, a weird question seven. no I don't care I'm five seven okay. so like my BMI was like 42 or something ridiculous like that. Um, and so I, yeah, so I'm pretty tall for a girl, but I was still 300 pounds. So it was yeah. not cool. Yeah. Uh, being 300 pounds for anybody is not a good idea. Um, but yeah, so then after the six month, I started the program in February of 2018. I had my surgery in September of 2018. Uh, and then after surgery, I lost about 75 ish to 80 more pounds. Um, so really I've been looking, I've been thinking about this recently, actually, I didn't really lose that much weight from surgery. It just made it a lot easier for me to do it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so, um, I kind of like to think that it was like, not quite half and half, but like pretty proportional in terms of like weight loss before and weight loss after and I think that's why I've had success in keeping most of it off yeah um but yeah so I lost by the time I graduated college which was May of 2019 Mm -hmm. uh I was about 220 pounds so I had lost like 100 pounds by that point Mm -hmm. and um and now I am still roughly like 210 or 
215 pounds because my lowest was 197, but I didn't get to that low point very sustainably. Mm. In hindsight, I recognize that. And so when I started eating normally again, uh, after trying to get to below 200 pounds, I gained all of it back. And so I am now trying to work to get back under 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. But I'm also kind of comfortable with where I am right now. So it's like, yeah. Um, I know I'm still like obese, right. but I'm like, I'm doing okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I am, I do have a dietitian now and everything because mm-hmm. I missed out on that part, uh, for bariatric, like post-op dietitian because I moved. Um, so now I'm maneuvering that. Um, yeah. but yeah, it was a very drastic shift, but I wanted it to be. So mm-hmm. I was okay with it. <laughs> right. uh, I knew that I had to be drastic about it or else my life was not going to be very good. So, yeah, yeah, totally. totally. Yeah. So I'm curious because like when you were involved in fat acceptance, like you mentioned that you, you know, part of the belief there that you really internalized was that um, doctors in particular are like really I guess discriminatory right against fat yeah. people and like they're all bad because they weigh you etc um how did that sort of messaging affect you like going into weight loss surgery stuff and interacting with doctors or did it kind of just not it didn't really because um my doctors at home were always very cool like, they yeah. would talk about my weight, but, like, that wasn't all they talked about. Mm. And I also knew that I honestly, like, the doctor thing, I didn't really, like, get into that so much. I just remember it being a thing that they always talked about. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I was still able somehow to look at it logically and be like, this doesn't make sense. Uh, right. Because I know that they have to weigh me for many different purposes and that my weight is also negatively affecting my health Mm. um and because I had been overweight my entire life so like I was just used to being told that I was like obese and unhealthy and everything so yeah um but yeah so it didn't really affect me um if anything going into the bariatric program like I wasn't scared about it at all because I knew that's what they did and right. so I would, and that's, I was the kind of person that they helped. And yeah. so I wasn't scared about it at all. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I just didn't really care. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like, you know, you were definitely influenced by this and it like impacted you, like you said, especially with dating. Um, yeah. But it sounds like regardless, there was, there's, you still maintain like a lot of independent thinking and independent thought and like, yeah. Yeah. And and that's why like, (laughs) honestly, like I love being able to talk about it and like my experience in it and how it influenced me as like a young person kind of like coming into herself. But also when like John labeled me as like a fat acceptance activist, I was like, ah, like I wouldn't (laughs) even classify myself as that. Um, Yeah. But I definitely subscribed to, like, the overarching 
message of like society is against you as a fat person but also love yourself because you're a fat person that was Mm -hmm. a big thing that I subscribed to but a lot of the more like radical things like the doctor stuff or like people asking for a smaller piece of cake at work uh was fat phobic like I just didn't I was like I'm not I don't really jive with that um Mm -hmm. I more so jive with the whole love yourself as a fat person eat whatever you want society hates you because you're fat kind of yeah trouble I guess (laughs) yeah do you feel like you like internalized or like really felt a lot of shame about stuff like I know that for example like I think you said glitter and lasers and I watched her video and if I recall correctly I I don't even know I might be completely wrong about this but um Speaking even from my own experience, like there can be a lot of shame in deciding to lose weight. Um, did you experience that or did you feel like you were kind of resilient and like not like that didn't really get to you so much? Honestly, at the point that I decided to lose weight and to take it seriously, I did not care. Yeah. <laughs> because I feel and I tell this to people all the time, losing weight is one of the most selfish things you can do, but Mm -hmm. in like a good way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And you have to be selfish. um, Because it's really a time for you to only focus on yourself and to do what's best for yourself. And so at that point, I didn't care. And I knew and because I was such just like an internal believer, and I didn't really like spew it to other people about fat acceptance and everything I didn't really feel that much shame about it um where I was nervous was in the fact that I was getting weight loss surgery but that's just because it's so stigmatized on both ends of the spectrum yeah so that was where I felt more nervous about talking about it um but in terms of just like weight loss on its own I didn't care because I knew it was just something I needed to do yeah that makes sense yeah and so now and this is how I like got connected to you um you eventually come to a point where like you made a video um you know basically critiquing the fat acceptance movement the title right was like why the fat acceptance movement kind of sucks is that what it was yes Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how was what was that like? I mean, I know that you, you know, so you posted this video and John from Obese to Beast reacted to it. Um, and I know that when we talked, you said that um you were surprised that it was received pretty well and there wasn't a lot of hate. Um, mm-hmm. so what was like what did it feel like leading up to posting it? How did you even like um, decide to post it? Yeah, so I honestly, so I had been kind of thinking about it for a little bit. Um, And at the point that I posted it, I had 67 subscribers. So I knew it probably wasn't going to do anything. Uh, It was just going to be more like me ranting about things. Um, (laughs) But what really triggered me to post it, like, okay, Megan, let's do something. Let's say something. Um was another John reaction, obese to beast reaction to another girl talking about how it had neg- how fat acceptance had negatively impacted her life to the point where she had to I 
believe get her gallbladder removed like she had a gallbladder attack and i think she had to get it removed because she was just eating like shit because like she was being told constantly that it was okay and that it was an act of self-love and i really related to that um because i also had some health issues arise from kind of subscribing to these ideas and so i was like all right megan who cares and so i I was, but I was still nervous and I scripted out like everything I was going to say. I think my script was like two or three pages <laughs> of just like bullet points that I needed to make. Yeah. And, uh, and I had also asked people on Instagram, the people that I did have following me at that point, if I should do it. And a lot of people said that they were interested in seeing my perspective on it. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, and so I did. And then um, somebody who was following me, who wasn't like anybody in my personal life, it was just a random person that found me, uh, posted it in John's Discord server under like the reaction requests channel. Mm -hmm. And he reacted to it. And so and then after that, everything just kind of like blew up. And I was really scared, not because he was reacting to it, because I kind of knew that he would agree with it. Right. Um, but I was more scared about the backlash that I was going to get from the publicity of his channel, because he has like over half a million subscribers. I think he's almost at like 700,000 subscribers or something like that. Wow. And so, oh yeah. So I knew that it was going to be out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And uh, that people were going to come tell me what they thought about it. And I was scared. Um, Yeah. I didn't. I really only. I mean, I definitely got some like backlash after I posted it. um, But I would say more. I got more positive feedback on it than negative. Um. And a lot, and I even had people like messaging me on Instagram or making videos about it, um, telling me how that video kind of caused them to have an introspective moment and realize that maybe some of the things they were thinking weren't the best for themselves, even though they were being told that they were. Yeah. And that was really cool. (laughs) That was very cool. Yeah. I got told a lot that I was a follower and I cared too much about what other people thought of me, which like could not be further from the truth. Um, I got called, I got made fun of sometimes because I still do weigh over 200 pounds and I consider myself and they thought I considered myself skinny and I'm like, no, (laughs) definitely not. Um, And, but I mean, for the most part, like, I got overwhelming support and praise for that video. So I don't regret posting it for a second, but I was also really scared, but I'm happy that I did it now. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah, And I know that like it's had, it seems like, and it's had such a positive impact on like your online world and work. Um, Yeah. 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 I had 67 subscribers when I posted that video and a month after about a month after I had 10,000 and now because I also did an interview with John too so like that's a Mm -hmm. separate video so on his channel I have the reaction and the interview um but 
yeah so after that I had 10,000 subscribers like a month after that all happened and now I'm almost at 12,000 subscribers so yeah it's been very overwhelming (laughs) happened fast (laughs) it happened so fast and like and like I'm still having so many growing pains and I keep forgetting that that's okay because I've only had my channel for like all of a few months and it just kind of like exploded super quickly (laughs) and that doesn't happen very often I actually I was in I was watching John's stream on Twitch because I was just having like a lazy day and I was playing Animal Crossing while he was playing Among Us with people (laughs) (laughs) and and they started talking about me like on the stream because I was like chatting in the twitch chat thing yeah and um and they are talking about how I was like at 10,000 subscribers and he was shocked like he didn't know that my channel had blown up that much yeah and he was shocked um and he said he hadn't seen a channel boom like that on YouTube in a very long time and I was like, me neither. And I did not expect mine to be the one that did. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It just like fell into my lap. And it's very cool. And I really am very excited about it. But it's also extremely overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so now you have like uh, like what almost twelve thousand or at least mm-hmm. over eleven thousand um yes. you know YouTube subscribers. And then I know you said you recently made a video about um the Amberlyn Reed like criticism community on YouTube. And the way that you described <laughs> That's it- a really good way to put it because they call <laughs> themselves commentary channels. Oh but, like it's all <laughs> criticism. It's yeah. all criticism. So that's hilarious. Please keep okay. that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the, so the way that you describe that, and I know you said that you used to like watch those commentator um, videos. It's like, it sounds pretty weirdly culty and like everyone kind of coalesces around like um, analyzing this person and for people that don't know, and you could probably speak to this way better than me. Yeah. Amberlynn Reed is a woman who, um, is like maybe 400 or she started a weight loss channel, uh, or she started her channel to be a weight loss channel. And I believe she was almost about 400 pounds, but in the process of her channel, she has gained about 200 pounds so she ballooned up to 600 pounds and um she does have a problematic past that people have gone and dug up after people decided to vilify her uh she has a problematic past she's had some problematic things she's done some problematic things the way she conducts herself on her channel could be uh is questionable (laughs) um but there are there's a whole community that started around her channel because people just like flocked to her channel because it was messy because she was gaining weight instead of losing weight. Uh, there's a whole community that started around it uh, of people making content solely com- like commenting on her content. <laughs> like 
They literally talk about nothing else. And if they did, they stopped because they realized that their Amber Lynn content was being was more successful. Mm. So I just made a video about why and I got sucked into it. It was my own trashy reality TV for a really long time. And I just made a video about why I stopped watching it because it's horrendous. So, yeah. Yeah. So when did you like get into that? Was it kind of like you found that as you were like starting to lose weight yourself? Yeah. So I feel like it was kind of like the internet's always listening, like when you're talking and it knew. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even kidding. Because like after I started talking about weight loss and like posting about it on like my social medias and stuff, um, I uh, started to get more like weight loss content pushed at me on YouTube and stuff. And one of her videos came up in my recommendations and I was like, oh, okay. Cause it was about her being like 500 pounds at like 28 years old or something. And I'm like, that sounds interesting. I will watch it. And, um, after I watched that, all the commentary channels started popping up in my recommendations as well. Mm-hmm. And to be quite frank, Amberlynn's actual content is boring. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's lazy. Like it's lazy. And I'm not, and I feel like I should have went into that more in my video, but I was also afraid that like, sh- I, I also know that there's a chance that she might see it. And I didn't yeah. want to go in on her too much. <laughs> um, I did say that I thought it was boring. Um, and that's why I watched the commentary channels was because they added some extra like entertainment. But overall, I was just interested in the beginning. Uh, I was interested in her story and her kind of like process and progress because being 300 pounds at 21 years old, I couldn't imagine being 500 pounds at 28 years old. But I think part of me also knew that I was going down that path before I decided to lose weight. And that could very well have been me. (laughs) So like, um, but like I said, her content to me was boring. And so I started watching the commentary channels because they added like an extra like oomph to it all. And so, um, yeah, and then it just started to become, like, drama channels, but just about her. And um, and at, at the beginning, they were criticizing some very valid points, which, like, I will not doubt. I don't discredit that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, like, she has lied to her audience and stuff, and she has maybe falsely accused somebody of rape. She people accuse her all the time of like monetizing her food addiction and monetizing her weight and all that, which I think to a certain point she also does. And people accuse her of gaslighting her audience and stuff, which I don't give her enough credit to do that. I don't think she's this crazy mastermind that they all make her out to be by any stretch of the imagination, because the person that these commentary channels make her out to be is like a super villain. And I'm like, she is not, like I I'm not even smart enough to do half the shit they say she does like right and and that doesn't mean she's not but it's like 
it would take a very special kind of person to be this evil thing that they make her out to be. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and yeah. So I got really sucked into it because it kind of became like, like watching a train wreck to be completely honest through these mm-hmm. people. And they just like, they just like, um, blew it up even more. Like they blew it out even more. And yeah, and I recently just fully unsubscribed and unfollowed all of them. Even the ones that I thought were like, okay, I was like, nope, I'm done with this completely. (laughs) And uh, because it started to get really, really bad. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I made a video about it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Before I ask you about your video, I want to ask like, this is like a big like community. I guess community that's kind of a weird word to use, but I guess that's what you know. It's a community. It. It's yeah. yeah. So people like it's and so it's not only like the people that are creating the content, but the viewers who are like coalescing around this. Um are there like I I bet there's like a subreddit for this where people literally oh, just talk. There's there's subreddits. There's a whole ass website dedicated to Amberlyn and a couple other like related YouTubers to her content. It's called Kiwi Farms and it is dark. Really? I think I have been on it once and I went on there and I was like, wow, this is horrendous. Um, I'm never going on here again. Um, yeah, there's subreddits, there's that's there are YouTube channels, there's Twitters, there's Wow. Every there's TikToks now. I saw that. Wow. I bet mm-hmm. there's like Discord channels. Probably. I bet like some of these creators have Patreons where they just make money yeah. off of I think they wow. do. I think some of them do. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But Okay. <laughs> um I do believe well, I know one of them had like his Venmo in his description and like titled it like do you want to send me money for no reason? Mm-hmm. Which to me is like ridiculous. I would never do that. Like I feel I felt guilty enough starting a Patreon where like my patrons would actually get things. Mm-hmm. Uh I would never ever put my Venmo in my in my No. Nope. Um, but yeah, it, there's. It's just this very weird and disgusting corner of the internet. And honestly, when I was talking about it and talking about my involvement in it, when I was just a viewer, I never left comments. I never did anything. Yeah. I maybe like, I maybe like liked some comments or whatever, but I never yeah. like commented. I never made reactions. None of that. I was just a viewer. And, um, but when I was talking about it, I got emotional because it's embarrassing to say that I, Mm. to me, it's embarrassing to say that I was ever a part of this community and it's embarrassing. And I was ashamed of it. And, um, that was kind of when I realized too, that it wasn't probably a good thing for me to be a part of was what I was telling. I can't remember who I was. I think I was telling my boyfriend actually about it. Um, and I, and it was the first time I had talked about it, like, out loud to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, like, in my mind, I'm, like, 
this is absurd. Like, yeah. this is embarrassing and absurd. Right. And, yeah. So, I was like, okay. Um, yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole side of the internet. Like, it's, it, there's drama channels, and then there's, underneath that, there's Amberlynn Reed drama channels. <laughs> because apparently well. this, because apparently this girl in Kentucky is worthy of her own like section of drama channels, which is just ludicrous to me. It's just right. And you sort of already said this, but I'll ask in case you have more yeah. you want to say. Like, what did you get out of like watching these? So for me, I think, and I talked about this in my video, and yeah. this is when I started to get kind of emotional because it realized it made me. I realized saying it out loud how shitty it was. To, uh-huh. to think this way but I also get this from a lot of the reaction channel like the commentator like the commentary people uh yeah. for me it was the same reason I watched like my 600 pound life it was like okay they're big she's big I'm big but I'm not mm-hmm. that big and so I'm okay yeah and I found some sort of like twisted comfort in that yeah. And I hate myself for saying that. <laughs> uh-huh. And, yeah. uh, but I feel like a lot of people feel that way about certain things like that. Like, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I think that's partially the reason why My 600 Pound Life exists is because it gets viewers from people like that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that's like... I think the main reason I watched it and it's just like part of the human condition to like watching people or watching things like fall apart. I think we find yeah. some like twisted entertainment in that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I'm not happy to talk about it because like it makes me really angry at myself. <laughs> right. Uh, right. And, and I also made my video because I felt like it was something I was hiding from my viewers and they saw me as like and I am like a super non-judgmental person and like a kind person but I felt like me partaking in this community was the direct opposite of that and Mm. I felt like I was kind of hiding it from my viewers so I wanted to come out and be like hey I was a part of this, but I have realized how shitty it actually is and how terrible it actually is. And now I'm going to speak out against it because I feel like that's my way of like rectifying it kind of. Um, Yeah. 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 So how, how did the video go? Um, How was it received? (laughs) Um, Numbers wise, it's great. Like my like to dislike ratio is fine. I think it has like 500 likes and like maybe 100 dislikes at this point um so it's not too too bad but the people in the comments are not very happy with me and they are like uh attacking my intelligence and saying I'm naive and as if I didn't say I started watching everything in like 2017 so I was a part of this for like three years wow I am well aware of all of the shit that has gone on and all of the shit that she has supposedly done. Yeah. And and even with that, I am still very much against these people. Uh, <laughs> right. But yeah, I have, I have people like like 
accusing me of defending her, which in the beginning of the video, I say I'm not defending her. Um, mm -hmm. Just to, like people not listening and also just like calling me naive and dumb and uh, writing like novels as to why I'm wrong. Um, it's so culty to me. Yeah, my favorite one was one saying, and I was like, I don't know if I should be flattered by this or not, but they they were like, they were like, I disagree with everything you said in this video, but you said it in such a like empathetic and intelligent way that I subscribed. And I'm like, <laughs> that's awesome. I know. I'm like, what? I think I win. Like, do I win? I don't know. Uh, oh my I'm like, thank you for at least not like attacking my intelligence and just like respectfully disagreeing. Like, yeah. And I was expecting disagreements. Like, I was fully expecting it, but mm. like, this has gotten, like I said, the numbers are fine, but regardless, I don't care because a dislike is still engagement on my videos. So, like, it doesn't matter. Um, but the comments. Are by it's by far the worst comment section I have gotten on any of my videos, and I have made videos denouncing the entire fat acceptance movement, fitness influencers, and now this, and this is the worst one I've gotten, and I think it's just further proving proving my point uh, to how yeah. toxic the community is. Um, yeah. and one of my big arguments in it is that these people who are nitpicking every single thing about the way this girl lives, uh, are monetizing off of her mm. and, and use her name for clicks and views and all this stuff. And I would be lying if I said, like, I didn't think this video was going to get a lot of attention. Um, and but that's not the reason I made it I knew it was going to get a lot of attention but that's not the reason I made it um and I monetized my video and I outwardly acknowledged the hypocrisy of me doing that in my video mm. I was like I was like yes I monetized this video and I recognize there's hypocrisy in this but I feel like what I'm doing is different so I don't really care um and like I kind of said in our in our talk before, a lot of work went into it, so I kind of felt like I should be compensated for it. Um, mm. Whereas these people monetize her, her them criticizing her failures, the way she lives her life. Um, they they just monetize their bullying of her, and that's where I draw the line. I don't think there's any issue monetizing commentary videos, but when you're monetizing um, bullying videos, essentially, that's where I draw the line. And mm -hmm. they could be, I mean, if you want to be very sensitive about it, you could say my video about them is bullying them, but really it's just calling them out on their bullshit. So I really don't mm -hmm. think it's bullying them. Yeah. Um, it's holding people to account. Yeah. And... And I think a big part of it, too, is the hypocrisy in that community for me, um, because they ultimately are also monetizing her food addiction and her mental health problems and her size because they're criticizing it. And they criticize her for monetizing her mental health problems and her 
food addiction, which she has honestly every right to do. Like, it's her life. Who cares? Like, that's, yes, it's problematic, but she can do it. Like, (laughs) it doesn't matter. But it's a problem when other people start to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's my my two cents on that. And I uh, I just realized how dumb and rude and nitpicky it was. And they're kind of all like high school bullies. So yeah. I just wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't about that. I was never here for bullies in high school. And I'm still not. So <laughs> Right. Right. Totally. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I feel like it's really striking to me. It's just it's interesting. There's like this arc right now that I see where it's like you were involved in fat acceptance and then you were like, uh, I'm really sick and I'm going to say bye to this. I'm going to take care of myself and I'm going to like live a life where I am, you know, taking care of me, like in control of my life, whatever. And then, you know, you kind of went viral and like you have this following now. And then it's like, uh, I'm doing this thing and I'm partake, like I'm participating in this community that once again is not healthy and yeah. isn't doing anything good for me and it's also harming yeah. other people so bye um yeah and like and i that's very true and and i think it says something about how powerful the internet actually is and how there's power in numbers um but i also um it's interesting because on both of those things that i was a part of Uh, I'm ashamed to say that I was ever a part of them Um, because I like I won fat acceptance uh, caused it didn't cause me to but it certainly egged it on um, my unhealthiness it caused me to get super unhealthy at a really young age Um, and that's something that I still struggle with is the fact that I ever allowed myself to get that bad um that's something that I still like really struggle with internally like I look back at old photos of myself and I almost feel like disappointed in myself um Mm. and then uh because I know on how unhealthy I was at that point yeah um and then like this one it's just gross and mean and um and I think when I started to realize and kind of look at the bigger picture of her content and realize that a lot of what she does and what she has done is most likely, and I'm obviously not certified at all to be saying things like this. I've just dealt with mental illness myself, but like a lot of what she's done and what she has and what she continues to do is the result, I think, of untreated mental illness and childhood trauma and people are just tearing her apart for it, that's when I realized the issue. And um, and it just got to be really sad to watch on both ends, the commentary end and on her end. I don't even really watch her videos anymore because it's just really, really sad. Um, and yeah. And she recently just... Uh, got a hysterectomy because she was diagnosed with like uterine cancer Mm -hmm. Uh, she got a full hysterectomy and the commentary channels kind of stopped but now a lot of them are back and it's gross to me because I've like 
because that I I got really pissed off about this in my video. They have the audacity to critique how she handled her cancer diagnosis and how she's handling it after, and and how it wasn't like a full wake up call for her to like yeah. switch everything around. Um, and that doesn't make any sense to me because they all talk about how she turns to how she's like a binge eater and like there's a lot of psychological stuff linked to that and like Mm -hmm. how food equals comfort when you're in that kind of a mindset um yeah and I know I can almost guarantee if I would have been diagnosed with cancer when I hadn't fixed my relationship with food I would have turned to food if Mm -hmm. that's all I've ever known for comfort hell yeah and so like it just doesn't make sense to me how they they don't like they can't compute that <laughs> yeah and why they haven't just like stopped and the fact that they haven't stopped is makes it even more evident to me that they're only doing it for money and views and clicks because they make bank off of this off of these videos because some of their videos get more views than hers do yeah and that's wild yeah. Yeah. It's a really, really toxic community. And um yeah. It's just very, very toxic. And do I think she deserves criticism? Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I and I said that. And I think and I also said in my video, anything on their channels past the point of critiquing the big things that she deserves criticism for is just a ploy for money like that's it yeah they just want money because they started they started attacking her looks her intelligence uh and like just her interior design choices how she spends her money I'm like literally none of this is your business it's none of your goddamn business how people spend their money I don't care what you say no she doesn't have health insurance yes she probably needs health insurance but that doesn't it doesn't matter like that's her choice whatever um uh it's just absolutely ridiculous and uh when they started attacking her intelligence and stuff that was when I was like I was like this is gross um and I'm not saying she's dumb but she's talked a lot about what she went through in her childhood and it's it's terrible and I have no doubt in my mind that that had an effect on her education for sure right and so like I just think people are failing and I did too but I think these people are failing to see the connection between all of this untreated stuff and why she has done the things that she's done and why she continues to do it and so I was just like yep time to talk about this because yeah time to speak out about this for Mm -hmm. sure yeah um, I'm I'm actually curious if you want to um, talk more. I really was curious about what you said. Um, there's power in num- like it's something about the internet and there being power oh, in yeah. numbers on the internet. Sure. Yeah, sure. Like yeah, say more. I so so I think it's more evident in to me in the Amber Lynn sphere than it was in the fat acceptance sphere because I mean yeah there's a lot of people in fat acceptance and whatever but I feel like in the Amber Lynn sphere 
you have these like main commentary channels, but you also have the commenters and the commenters Mm -hmm. egg things on even more. Yeah. And the commenters are even more obvious in that sphere. And I found me going into these videos and hearing what these people, the commenters or the, the people in the videos are saying about her. I didn't really have an opinion. And then when I went down and read the comments, because honestly half the mess happens in the comments. So naturally I'm going to go read them because I was just like into it for the messiness. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Which is terrible. Um, I, I started reading their comments and I'm like, Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. This makes sense. And yeah, like I believe this now and whatever. Whereas if I wouldn't have went to these other opinions, I would have just walked away from the the video and been like, okay. <laughs> and um, I'm not saying the, the creators of the videos are innocent by any means. Um, right. But I do think on the internet, mob mentalities happen very quickly. And I don't like use it. I shouldn't use that phrase, actually. Let's not use that phrase because that has to do with racism. And I'm not equating this to that at all. Um, mm. uh, I kind of hate when people like use the term mob mentality, actually, because it has to do with like lynch mobs and stuff, which is like not cool. Um, I actually did not know that. Yeah. That's helpful mm-hmm. education. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just say it because it's a phrase and then I'm like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> That's huh. not what we're doing here. Right. I just think cancel culture and like, and like, and just like group mentality is a very, very prominent thing on the internet. And I think that's where a lot of the issues on the internet come from because one person says it, more people agree with it in the comments, lurkers see it they start agreeing with it and they start perpetuating more content that comes out about it. And I think a lot of that can be evident too. in like all the James Charles, like Jeffree star bullshit as well. Like Jeff, like James Charles was vilified for no reason with no proof. And for no reason, just because these like high figures in the beauty community said something People agreed with it in the comments. More shit started happening on Twitter. And, like, everybody was like, okay, James Charles is bad. Mm-hmm. And, and not to be, like, a YouTube commentator right now, but, like, I very closely followed that. And, like, oh, the no, me too. That, I know. The thing that fucked me up the most about that, and, like, I don't know, like, if James Charles is XYZ, whatever. I'm not really. Yeah. The, just the me thing either. that fucked me up about it was the fact that, like, okay, I'm, like, almost 27, and the idea of saying and like accusing a 19 year old, frankly, uh, child, yeah. unless they're like out there, like actively being violent. And I and I know it for a fact. Yeah. And it's like a serial issue. And like, yeah, I'm not touching that. I'll sit like that's not that's you don't you don't do that. That yeah. was that's just bananas to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that like in their 30s. Isn't Tati yeah. almost 40? Tati's in her 40s I think she's like a yeah she's like a 40 something year old woman and I'm like you talk to somebody you claim as being like your kid in private about this you don't blast it on the internet that's something that you do not do um but yeah and so I think like that was a huge example of the internet's negativity like power and numbers whatever 
Mm-hmm. And then the Amberlynn sphere is another very good example of that. Um, and it can make things that aren't necessarily true and aren't necessarily that big of a deal a huge deal. Yeah. And it can vilify a person so easily and it can harm mm-hmm. people so easily. Mm-hmm. And I think it also is very prevalent in the fat acceptance thing. It can it can harm people so easily because there's so many people spewing this rhetoric. Um, and yeah, I think the internet is full of like mini little like cults kind of, <laughs> of just different things. And it's really easy to get sucked into it because there's a lot of people in all of them. And the so. algorithm helps. <laughs> you the know? algorithm like, does like- help. Right, like what you said, it was like, well, first of all, like technology is listening to you. And so it's like, you know, you're starting to lose weight and then you have mm-hmm. like Amberlynn Reed recommended to you mm-hmm. and then you have the commentators and it's just mm-hmm. super easy to get sucked in. And then like mm-hmm. you form this parasocial relationship to all of these mm-hmm. people, like the influencers and whatever. And then like even yep. like the other commenters, obviously not in yep. your case, but no, yeah, um, but. Yeah, and then it just becomes an echo chamber, and it becomes, mm-hmm. like, weirdly culty, and everybody wants, like, Senpai to notice them in the yep. comments. So, yep. like, it's, yeah. It's yeah. ridiculous. And with my channel, I'm trying to keep it as positive and non-judgmental as possible to keep that from happening, because I don't want my channel to become that kind of a space. So that's mm-hmm. why I'm, like, I don't really talk, like, me making this video about Amberlynn's stuff was weird for me because I usually try to not talk about like things like that yeah Um, like yeah I talk about the fat acceptance community and I talk about like fitness influencers and stuff but that's not attacking people's or that's not commenting on people's mental health and I feel like I kind of did that in my video which it's necessary Mm -hmm. to do but I usually don't do that unless it's my own. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's just a sad corner of the internet, to be completely honest. And I think my big thing is they paint themselves to be so high and mighty above Amberlynn and to know more than Amberlynn does and to be better than Amberlynn. When, like, I feel like in a lot of ways we've all done things that we're not proud of and we've all done things that people are going to question and um, we're not better than her at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, nobody's better than anybody. And uh, she has a lot of untreated mental things and that contributes a lot. I think that contributes a lot to what she does. And that's just completely ignored. <laughs> Right. So, yeah. 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 So I feel like we're hitting a point where it's like, we're, you know, time to wrap up, I guess. <laughs> um, but before we do that, um, yeah. I'm curious, like, do you have any final reflections or like words of words of wisdom to share? Um, I guess when it comes to the internet and like all the little facets of the internet that exist, it's not okay or it's not, it's not okay. It's not a bad thing to like be interested in things and to like follow things. 
Um, but don't forget to think independently. Don't lose that ability because I feel like a lot of people lose that ability and it really affects them negatively. Um, and yeah, that's like, I feel like that's just like the overarching thing. And I think that's why I was able to turn off my believing in the fat acceptance stuff so quickly is because I was able throughout my time in it, um, to still kind of think independently for myself. Um, and, uh, I was able to snap myself out of it with that and the Amberlynn stuff, really. Um, because I was just able to be like, this isn't good for me. This isn't good for anybody. I shouldn't do it anymore. (laughs) So like, it's not, don't be ashamed of getting infiltrated into it or like like infatuated with it because I think that's kind of what happens um but also don't lose the ability to think independently and be able to be reflective on if it's actually helping you in a positive way or not because that's kind of ultimately what it comes down to is how it's affecting you personally and if it's not positive that's not good If you'd like to hear more from Megan, you can find her on YouTube under the name Megan Ann. You can also follow her on Instagram at Hey Look It's Megan. I will leave links to those plus her Patreon down in the show notes. Thanks for listening to another episode of Out of the Woods. I'm your host, Molly Mann. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can subscribe on Patreon at patreon.com slash out of the woods pod. And you can follow the podcast on Instagram at out of the woods pod. Thanks for listening.